listening to Open Mic Friday Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, which means you can phone me on this Friday, July the 12th, in the year of our Lord 2019, with any theological question you have on your mind. And the numbers are here in St. Louis, 821-0850. And then toll free, 1-800-730-2727. You will notice that after the program, we give an opportunity for you to help contribute to Law and Gospel to keep us on the air. You have a choice of just writing the check to Law and Gospel and sending it to my address, Tom Baker, and it's noted there. Or if you want an IRS deduction, you send it to Concordia Mission Society. What's Concordia Mission Society? It's been around for a few decades as we support missionaries in Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Novosibirsk, other areas in Asia. And we also help put out the Good News magazine. Uh, The Good News News magazine, edited by Wallace Schultz, now has issue number 46 that has come out, entitled, Abraham, Your Faith Foundation. And we'd be only too happy uh, to send you a copy, a free copy of that, if you email me, and we'll also share with you how you can get a subscription uh, for four issues. Just email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101. Dot com. That's Law and Gospel, that's A-N-D, at lawandgospel101.com. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this good news issue is because it really fits in with what we were talking about yesterday with Wes Reimnitz, and that was how a Manchester United Methodist Church pastor was telling us how to reach out to unbelievers. The name Jesus was hardly mentioned. The gospel wasn't referred to. It was all about truth, compassion, equality, and responsibility. And the whole view was, you got to be careful because people have different religions, and we need to respect their beliefs. And therefore, we should always speak positively about their religious thinking if it leads them to be kind to the neighbor. And that's what the whole article was about. Well, this Good News a magazine has an article entitled, London Beauty's Death Shocks People worldwide. And what it has, it has a young woman, a picture of her, and it reads the following. On January the 4th, 2018, shocking news was announced on the internet. In London, the beautiful young lady pictured on this page died suddenly and unexpectedly. She never knew her deadly attacker. Authorities performed an autopsy. They were surprised. 
this young woman had died from cancer. Why was her death such a surprise? During her illness, no one, not even her parents, took her to a physician. The medical specialist concluded this. If this young lady had received a diagnosis of her condition, the deadly cancer would have been exposed. This young woman most likely would have survived. She did not have to die. Then the article goes on to a stunning spiritual similarity. It says all over the world, young Christians are being spiritually destroyed. It has some Bible verses and some other points. Uh, you can read the article yourself if you want a free copy. As I said, just email me. Now put down your address and I'll be able to send you a free copy with instructions how to uh, get a subscription. The point I want to make is what we were talking about yesterday. How do you reach out to unbelievers? You don't do so with a positive view of their life. I've talked quite a bit about how I love to pick up folks with Uber or Lyft, and they often get in the back unless there's more than three or four. Somebody sits in the front, and we end up having a conversation. About 50% of the time, we can get into spiritual matters because they find out that I'm a pastor. And they ask, well, what religion? And I say, Lutheran. And then they'll almost always say, well, what's the difference between what you teach and my church or what I was raised up? I don't go to church anymore or this sort of thing. And we have an opportunity to share the wonderful ingredients of Christianity. Now, during the sharing of that, I always make mention that Jesus Christ died for my sins because I needed a Savior. Invariably, particularly from unbelievers, they'll announce that they don't think they're that bad a Savior. Uh, I'm sorry, a sinner that they need a Savior. So what's my next step? Well, I'm remembering this woman who died unnecessarily because nobody had spoken to her about the deadly cancer that was within her. She had not gone to a physician. And see, that's the first task of an evangelist. Now, notice I didn't say of a pastor, because we believe, teach, and confess that even laity can tell a person about their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, a lot of times you can use a hymn, you can use Bible verses. I, I would say one of my favorite Bible verses would be Galatians chapter 3, because there it really makes clear that no one is saved by any work that they do. And this would be a surprise to a lot of people because they think that's what religion is all about, doing good works so that you can be saved. The point I'm trying to make is when you're dealing with an unbeliever who does not think that they need a Savior, the problem is 
they don't think that they're such a sinner that deserves both temporal and eternal punishment. I, I use that phraseology because that, of course, is what we say in the confession in front of a lot of our worship services, that we deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. So it's an item that we need to be aware of, and I do believe this Good News magazine is excellent. It's part of a series that Dr. Schultz is doing for missionaries uh, to teach the message overseas. Okay, as I said, phone numbers, 8210850 in St. Louis or 1-800-730-2727, toll free. Let's go talk with, hi, Michael, you're on the air. Oh, hello. Hey, I, I have a question for you. Good. Oh. Okay, you know, you were talking about, you know, charity don't really do anything for you as far as getting to heaven or nothing. But let's just say, you know, well, okay, you know, like in the Catholic Church, they got this uh, St. Vincent de Paul poor box, and you can throw, like, change or whatever you want into it. You know, that's, and just say you were wanting to change your life. Things just weren't going bad. You really weren't worried about going to heaven because you're a young person or whatever. So just say you throw a couple of dollars in there hoping – that that act of faith will change your luck. Don't you think that's what really charity is? Charity is showing love to the neighbor with the proper motivation, Michael. If you do that saying, well, look, I'll put this money in and that will get me to heaven, that won't save you at all. No, I didn't say go to heaven. I say you want to change your luck in this life. Say things weren't going your way. No, there, there's no promise anywhere in the Bible that people who are charitable end up having better lives. Who was not more charitable than the apostles, all except for John, who got martyred? That that wasn't a very good life they had. Yeah, but um, it says in Hebrews, though, that you have to believe that God exists and that he'll reward you. So when you go, say you go to like the St. Vincent de Paul in the back and you throw, you know, even say you even throw 50 cents and you're a little kid or something. Right. And then you think, well, okay, God's, okay, this is an act of faith that I know that I'm going to say a prayer and I want God to, you know, whatever it is that's bothering a person to go the other way. I mean, that's the only real, that's the only real pur purpose where you would do a charitable act. I mean, there is no other. Yes. Um, what you're sharing is the purpose is out of self-interest you're doing it in order that you might have a better life, or things are going to go exactly, better. Exactly, exactly. That's a sin. Not really, because... Oh, yeah, if it's not out of interest of Jesus, I couldn't care less what happens in my life if I give an offering to church. That's not on my mind, because there's no promise in the Bible, Michael, that indicates that you're going to have a better life. When God says he's going to reward you, that means no matter what I go through, even evil things, God will not leave me. He'll give me hope. He'll increase my faith. But it won't mean that I'm going to have a better life. Yeah, but see, really it sounds to me like you're doing the work of the devil because you're like, you're like Peter, you know, when, God, when Jesus Christ called him Satan because, you know, with, you know, individual progress is the only thing that really matters in life, you know. And, and if there's not that part in there 
then you're just telling people to say, well, don't you know? You're you're in you're sub in a subtle way. You're telling them just don't care about, it. don't do no charity or nothing because it's really not going to do anything for you. You know. That's correct. That's what we teach. Don't do charity in order to get something for you. Do charity because of your love for Jesus Christ and let him make the decision what kind of results are going to occur. Okay, now, what if, what if, you, what if you hate Jesus Christ, but you fear God and you know like you can't do bad things because if you do, you know, God, you know God's going to do something to you. But at the same time, you don't really, you don't really care for Jesus Christ as a person. There again is self-interest. You're fearing God out of self-interest and you're changing your life in order to make it better for you. And God does not recognize that as proper faith. You cannot fear God and not believe in Jesus Christ because what you're fearing is an idol. Wait a minute. Do you believe this or not? Do you believe that individual progress is the most important thing in a person's life? No way. Well, see, uh, that's you're just not right. Give me the Bible verse. Well, I, I just gave you one in Hebrews where it said you had to believe that if you believe that God exists and that he'll reward you, you know, that's how you, you know. Where's individual progress there, Michael? Well, I don't know. There's there's no such thing. as It's not stated that where anywhere in the Bible I could get it. Because uh, it's just not. I don't even have to look at you my see, keyboard. See, and that's why when you phone KFUO, you better have it stated somewhere in the Bible. Because we only teach what is stated in the Bible. And if it's not clearly in the Bible, then it's a figment of our imagination. Okay, now I understand. All right, well, thanks. Thank you very much for calling, Michael. I love talking to Michael because, first of all, he has great questions. Second of all, he listens. And third of all, he has ability to change his mind, at least to rethink things. And that's really what Christianity is all about. There, There's nobody. I, I'm working with a number of congregations, and I'm trying to think, uh, there's no pastor retired in any of the congregations I'm working with, so I'm pretty sure that I know a lot more about the Bible than do the laity there. Not that occasionally I get corrected by a lay person. You know, I, I can make a mistake in talking about a fact of the Bible. That's no problem with that. But when it comes to the theological distinctions between law and gospel— that's really something that I should be better at having been trained in it. And that's why I like to uh, deal with individuals who are willing to listen and ask questions. Okay, I think we've got another person on the line. Let's see who this is. Hi, I'm Tom Baker. Who's this? Hello, uh, this is David. Go um, ahead, David. Uh, well, yeah, I just wanted to say also, I guess I understand uh, when I wrote you those emails that you guys don't answer emails uh, per se and send back uh, answers. Yeah, I have learned that responding with emails, first of all, I would spend 100% of my time per day. I get approximately 100 emails per day. 
of which yeah, 80 of them. That's what I assumed. <laughs> uh, well, 80 of them are spam, so I, I just ignore them. Okay. But uh, a lot of times I used to do emails back, David, and then the person would say, well, that was a good answer, but that's not what I was talking about. And I often will ask uh, to put the phone number down, and when I get time in the evening, I'll try and phone some of them. I don't recall really? having your phone number on any of them. No, I wasn't aware I could do that. I did not put my phone number down. Yeah, send me your phone number. I'll be glad to talk to you. But you got something on your mind right now? Uh, not really. I I just don't want to take up too much of the airtime. But uh, I just want no, to reiterate else, that nobody else is on the line, so you're not taking up. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are at the youth. Uh, convention right now. In fact, uh, okay. the coffee hour had their whole half hour on that, and they're going to be doing more. And then we're going next week into the convention of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. So it's pretty slim around here. Pretty slim. Yeah. Well, I, I, if I could get a chance to say this, it's like, you know, if you get 10 people in a room uh, on certain Bible subjects, uh, and invariably you'd have people disagree on what the answer is to a certain topic. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. But if I'm among those 10, I'll guarantee you that by the time we're finished talking, eight of them will come into my point of view because I'll have the Bible passages to back up my understanding of the Scripture. Yeah, whatever topic. There, there's some dangerous uh, teachings, and then there's, I, I would say, maybe lesser but if a person would push back against the deity of Christ, that's dangerous. Um, if a person would push back against um, the resurrection, that would be dangerous. Yes. You know, like the cults out there anyway. Yeah. Um, for example, the Mormon church, their favorite Bible verse is from the Sermon on the Mount. Then you will be perfect like your father in heaven is perfect. So they take a look at what Jesus is saying about not murdering, not committing adultery as to what they have to do in order to be perfect like the father. But Jesus mm -hmm. isn't saying that at all. He's saying yeah. that uh, if you want to be saved by your works, you better be perfect. But that's not the way you're saved, as he himself said, I came not to destroy the law of the prophets, but to fulfill them on your behalf and then transfer over to you that righteousness and perfection like he did with Abraham when mm -hmm. he had faith. Well, and, and this is a discussion we had with some uh, friends of mine at the Lutheran Church about the Ten Commandments. And I was saying that the Ten Commandments were basically written on stone, and they were called um, administration of death because nobody could keep them. And I said nine of the ten had been transferred over into new, but not the Sabbath day. But it's like me personally, uh, Pastor, I don't wake up every morning thinking I have to keep the Ten Commandments because I think they've been fulfilled by Christ. And I never could keep the commandments because they were given to show me my sin where I fall short. Would you agree with that? Yes, where I would disagree was on the Sabbath. That one we still follow. Every commandment has three parts. It has a moral part, a civil part, and a ceremonial part. 
we are no longer bound to the ceremonial or civil parts of the Old Testament laws. Like we don't stone adulteresses. And on the Sabbath, that was part of the ceremonial law that the seventh day was a day to worship. That's not true after Jesus fulfilled those ceremonial laws. We can worship any day we want. And so we still need to worship Remember, the Sabbath day simply means to have a holy time set aside for worship, but we don't follow the ceremonial part of it having to be on Saturday. Okay, that's very good. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll send you my cell number and oh, I'd love to talk talking with you. With you. Thank you yeah, very much. God bless. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. Yes, um, David is just one of a number who will continue to send me emails, which I appreciate. In fact, um, I'm giving some thought about putting a book out on emails that I have received. Uh, A lot of times I won't put the uh, name of the person who's asking it, but one of them I got not long ago was from a pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, or ELCA, and the name of my program is Law and Gospel. He wrote me He said he had gone through the seminary, he became an Alka pastor, and he had never heard of the distinctions between law and gospel. This was all new to him. And so we've got tons of emails like that. I used to put it out once every six months, and it just got so busy with them that I'm giving some thought of putting out just one booklet with uh, many of these emails in. And why is that? Because I will sometimes respond if it's a short answer and it's something really obvious. I do respond to emails if it's not a lengthy question of theology. Like if they're asking, well, what does the word, what does the name Moses mean? Or something like that. Then... That I could respond with an email because that's a short answer and uh, it's pretty obvious what the answer is. But if you're talking about where did Luther finally discover the wonderful teaching that we're not saved uh, by works, but through faith by grace, well, that would take about 30 emails. And so sometimes I love talking to a person because I can alert them to a booklet that answers these questions. I've done this quite a bit with infant baptism. People will write me about infant baptism. Concordia Publishing House has some great resources on infant baptism. And Concordia Publishing House, of course, is the publishing house of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And here... We have been uh, working with Good News for decades, and this particular issue of Good News that just came out is one that is being done for missionaries, but it is also one that clearly helps people who are trying to teach their children God's Word. So once more, I'll give out the email. If you would like a free copy of Good News, plus a way to subscribe to it, email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. And make sure you put down your address. And if you have a question, your phone number. Because 
<clears throat> we're intending to mail out uh, this uh, issue of good news. It's number 46, and it's 52 pages long with tons of beautiful artwork and tremendous lessons. And so it, it's something that has been geared specifically for missionaries who were asking specific tools for teaching. This is the fifth issue of uh, Good News that is meant for that. And it's also helpful for parents who want to help their children and grandchildren know the basic teachings of the Bible. All righty. So we'll be back, God willing, on Monday uh, to talk about one of the readings from the following Sunday in Pentecost. And our goal on Mondays is to share a reading or two with the theological insights of law and gospel, because that's how you reach unbelievers. You use the law to show that they are in need of a Savior, because they're a sinner. And then you use the gospel to help them understand the difference. Okay, I'm Tom Baker, and the music is a little loud here, and I haven't figured out how to turn that down. But we'll sign off. See you on Monday, God willing. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.